This show was recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. Bad English with your host, Ivan Maristegeta. Welcome to Bad English, where all your complaints about the English language are treated with the love and respect they deserve. As we do in every episode, we'll be leaning on Eileen, our in-house English expert, to try to make sense of this week's English problem. So this one's about stress. I know, right? How stressing just one word in a sentence or one part of a single word can totally change the meaning. That totally stresses me out. But this episode's guest is almost never stressed. I'm jealous. She's as cool as can be. Another comedian I'm a big fan of. The other day I was drinking in a pub, this cute bro came up to me. He was like, yo, what's your name? I said, my name is... Uh. He was like, huh? I said, uh, H-E, sir. And he said, nice to meet you, ho. <laughs> I was like, what? Excuse me? I am not a ho. You know, that's my cousin. <laughs> Yeah, she is a hoe. <laughs> her mom is a hoe. And her dad is a hoe too, you know. <laughs> Those hoes are loyal though. Yeah. Hey Huang's story is coming up real soon. But first, I've been thinking about what if I was a psychologist and the English language was my patient? What would pour out if English was on the couch? I think the English language is obsessed with trying to make things more economical. A compulsive need to make words and phrases shorter. Contractions, acronyms and abbreviations are some of the English language's most distinctive perks. Why give so much importance on saving breath, saliva, ink? pen strokes or keyboard clicks? Why try to be more efficient in the number of letters and words when you're actually making the language more confusing? Isn't efficient communication the priority? Remember the fable of the tortoise and the hare? Faster does not mean more efficient. Most days I receive emails from my manager and producer with lots of acronyms. I hate acronyms. Then I reply to these emails with questions like, What happened to Trish? What's a wall? Is that some kind of disease? Like a new COVID? Then they will reply by explaining to me that a wall is not a wall, is a wall, is a w o l, and 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 explains the whole. See, it's not efficient at all. If they had written the full phrase, they wouldn't had to write a second email. I really hate acronyms and contractions. Oh my God, contractions! Someone back in the day had the brilliant idea of turning two words into one by using an apostrophe. That person started shaving letters away and could not stop, just like a teenage boy with a razor doing some personal landscaping. By the way, have you noticed that the apostrophe looks like an upside-down sickle? Because it kills words, rips them away! The idea of contracting words, instead of simplifying the language, it created more words and increased the chances of making more mistakes. So I'm begging you, Stop the literal frugality. 
There's no rush. Remember, the tortoise was slow, but it was the one that got to the point. I'm very excited to introduce you to today's guest, a colleague of mine. We've been battling the world of comedy together in the bleachers. Her name is He Huang. She's from China and she went viral after appearing on Australia's Got Talent with the stand-up routine inspired by her experiences as an international student. Along with her comedy work, she also works in bilingual education, having majored in translation and interpretation at university. Welcome to Bad English Her. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me, Yvonne. So, um, very important question in this podcast. How many languages did you speak when you grow up? Only one, Mandarin. It's complicated, but I think, I guess people who listening to this podcast probably interested as well. So whenever you refer language Chinese, it's so not right because in China you have so many different kind of languages. And uh, I speak local dialect, but I don't think that's a language itself. It's just dialect of Mandarin. So my local dialect belongs to Sino-Tibet language family together with Mandarin. So I think I only speak one language growing up, but it's different dialects too. So does your particular dialect has a name or is it it also Mandarin? Sichuan dialect. Like Sichuan food? Sichuan oh, Sichuan, Sichuan. Oh, great. Spicy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I, we are very aggressive <laughs> as a people too. <laughs> I understand what you say when people say that Chinese is a language and there's so many. Um, when I arrived to Australia, people thought I spoke Mexican. I thought so too, Yvonne. Thank you for uh, clarifying that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So you went to work in in translation. Did you always had an interest in languages and linguistic work? Yeah, uh, actually my work is more or less not on language translation, but more on like doing like charity projects in different countries. But English translation and interpretation was my major in uni. So I thought most of my friends from uni are working in different kinds of English language related outlets, you know. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty interested in language. Yeah. What other languages were you exposed when you were doing this sort of work? Uh, French. So for my field, French and English are the two dominant languages in international development. Yep. So I tried to learn French a couple of times, failed horribly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, because my brain is tiny. I need um, more brain to process more <laughs> languages. Yeah. You need a bigger hard drive. Yes, I guess so. <laughs> so how many languages do you speak today? I only speak uh, English and then Mandarin fluently. Yeah, French, maybe a little bit entry level, but not at all to be proficient in that language. What is the hardest part of being a translator? I think um, for us to study in translation, you just need to read a lot. I know I have my best friend works in the translation, so they have to read in different fields like science, technology, politics, cultural, current affairs. So you need to be familiar with all the phrases. Did you ever go to um, translate comedy? Oh, no. Yeah, it's horrible. Like, because the HD stuff, people translate my joke literally. 
<laughs> word by word. It's terrible, such I a know. Horrible. Yeah, because comedy is hard to be translated to such such a nuance, and then in a context, yes. if you don't know a lot of the stuff in another language. It's it, it's not funny or it's just not right. Yeah, I've seen some books translated to English to teach people how to write comedy. It's horrible. Yeah. Yes. Have you ever performed comedy in Mandarin? I try three times. I try a couple times back in Beijing. Yeah. Once here, once in the States. No. Yeah, I don't feel good about it. So. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it, it all takes times to practice in uh, the language context. Yes. Yeah, so when you're living overseas, it's hard to get that context I, and then, I, you know practice. I totally relate to what you say. We have、mm-hmm. a very similar story. Did you start doing comedy in English from day one? Or yes. Okay. Yes, I actually learned stand up in English, so I feel. Definitely much more comfortable to do this in English. Yes, I think so too. I started doing it in Spanish, and I did comedy in Spanish for like about five years. And then when I started doing it in English, I thought English because、uh, English is such a straightforward language. I think it's perfect for comedy. It's not that great for making friends, like in.、Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My name is He. It's spelled as H E, and that's it. <laughs> It is not my pronoun. So, He, what's like、um, your style of comedy? What are the things that you talk about? So I try to talk about like my personal life, but、um, exaggerated version and、um, you know language difference, cultural difference, and.、Uh, Just a little bit observation about Australian stuff. So is there your foreigner's perspective? Yes, very similar yes. to what I do. It's pretty easy for us. Like comedy is about different perspective, and we already have it. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Just try not to be hacky. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't do the first layer. Is the I call it the you know like that Shrek the Onion thing. So there's first layer jokes, and the first layer joke is usually the hack one. So I have to keep going in. To make the yeah, second or third layer joke. True. Yeah.、Duh. So when do you when do you arrive to when do you become an immigrant in Australia? When do you come to Australia? Three years ago, I came here and、uh, yeah and、uh, no way. Yeah, because、uh, I wanted to do comedy full time, so I take a chance to see if I can. And I'm. I know Melbourne Comedy Festival. That's the only thing I know about Australian comedy. <laughs> so I、uh, decided to move there, and then COVID happened. You know, just like wow, yeah. So it's it's very blurry past three years. <laughs> so did you start doing comedy three years ago? No, no, no. I started in the U.S. when I was international student.、There. Okay. Yeah. So like six years now. Yes. And over there,、yeah. you did some open mics and stuff. Yeah, open mics and.、Uh, Little bit there and trying, you know,、uh, to to make it as an open micer. How was it for you when you were、um, when on that first night, that first open mic in English? How was oh, it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was drunk, I think. So <laughs> I forgot、um, most of it, but I have the script saved. It's just only one joke. I spent seven minutes to elaborate on that one joke. But I think because people never seen a Chinese woman doing comedy in their second language, yeah, and then also was talking about something really, you know, funny. I think I have a funny bone. That's 
good to start with. I think so but too. I don't think my skills was there. So I was really nervous, as you said, because it's a second language. So I was drunk. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, that's, that's it. So instead of a speech coach for confidence, you got the alcohol for confidence. Hey, yes, whatever works. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I do believe you have a funny bone because um, in such a short time, your timing is amazing. I love your timing in, in English doing stand-up. Tell me more about the difference between doing comedy in America. And uh, I believe if you said, did, does your um, your first approach to English was American accent English or Australian yeah. accent? It is so funny because when I first started the comedy in the States, um, people, uh, one of the comedians told me I'm not Chinese enough. Was that what do you mean? I'm from China. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was like, he was expecting me to have more Chinese accent. Oh, no. You know how he was referring to the people working in the restaurant, that kind of Chinese accent. Yeah. And I was frustrated about it. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so Chinese. And um, but I think the point is like, I think it's good for me if I can do this accent, you know, like that shows like how good you have acting spectrum, but I couldn't do it. Yeah. And I thought my accent is pretty Chinese. So after I left the U.S., um, people start to see if I'm from the U.S. And I realized my accent be Americanized a lot. Yeah. And then the words I use, um, you know, specific words I use are very American. And then I realized, oh, you know, living in certain area, speaking certain English, dialect and then that compared to other parts of the world people just automatically thinks you are from the states yes um yeah so that's uh it's very interesting for me to notice after i left to the u.s what is for you one word that you can say now in different accents like the american accent sounds like this and the australian accent sounds like that I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'm like really, um, it's so funny because I don't think I specifically study the language and the difference. Actually, I'm taking accent class as well because I am I wanted to take it more professionally yep. because before it's just my ears, right? You like immerse yourself in certain environments yep. and then you just get it. I was like, oh yeah, okay. They Because when I first came to Melbourne, I couldn't understand anything people said to me. And I said, what? <laughs> I constantly ask me, can you repeat that? Yeah. So const const constantly ask people uh, to repeating that to me. Yeah. It is so weird. I should have recorded myself's response to everybody's talking to me. But now, <laughs> I, like my ear get used to it. I understand most of the things people talk to me here. It's yeah. so weird. I never understand what, like, um, for example, if you say, I guess like Americans say water. Yes. And then Australians say water. Yeah. Or like British. I don't know. Like it's, it's now I can tell the difference now, but I cannot um, do it myself. So for me, you're, you're right. Water is a, is a great word that um, differentiates the different accents for Americans, water, as you said, and then British is water. Yeah. English and then the normal everyday colloquial Australian is water. So, yeah, water. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and there's other words like there. And where is like they, we. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're like, a, um, what's the, the word they, they use? E-A-R? It, it sounds different. I don't know how to put that in a words like year. Yeah. I don't know, like Australian, they intentionally, they use the tongue, press it lower. Yeah. And uh, elongate the pronunciation. Yeah, uh, like yeah, e. I don't like, I don't know how to do it in like here. Yeah. Um, 
burger, like American burger. How to say that in Australian English? Burger. Yeah, burger. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> That's another. It's it's when it's er is more like an ah sound. Yeah. Burger. Yeah, it's like sound kind of when you when you hear Australian English, you feel like you're. It feels a little bit lazy, like <laughs> yeah. relaxed, and uh, kind of what is called. Um, in English, like uh, I don't give a fuck about the world. <laughs> um, I just enjoy my beer, and my Barbie, and、uh, call it a day. It's、I、like,、think. yeah, I like that. I like that. It's, it's a nonchalant English. Yes, I- that's the word <laughs> I wanted to use. Tell me your experience with Australia's Got Talent. What brought you there? How was the whole thing? How did you prepare for it? I think they, the producer approached me because they saw me at the Raw Comedy Festival、yep. National Final, and then they think it would be fun to have me as one of the comedians. And、um, they have a lot of comedians on in the audition process. I、yep. think just few of us got selected and then put on the air. Yeah, but it was a it was a very interesting, tiresome experience because we did like two days recording. Yeah. Um, one day's interviews, photos, back behind the scene shot, and another day just audition. I know where would there are so many rounds of auditions, so we had to wait.、Um, but、oh, it's、no. fun. It's really fun. It's really fun, and then I learned a lot just to see how TV works behind the scene. And、um, you know, it's it's funny to see how it's just like comedy. Not everything's gonna work out. <laughs> Yes, and,、yeah. um, but I was really excited to be to have that on my resume as a TV credit when I, I was doing I, that, and、yeah. not just the rest, the the credit. I think how viral the video online went. It's even more important than just the credit because it's a great comedy set.、Uh, by the way, just curious, from comedian to comedian, how tired was the audience? Were you afraid of that? Because you know that's our thing. We don't like tired audiences. They don't laugh loud. Oh yeah! When I was there, there I, I I have so much respect for the audience because they're already in the studio for such a long day.、Mm, but we have like warm up act, so they will try to get the audience excited for the acts before each shot、yeah. or each act. And most of the audience member are for the rounds. Are supporting someone. So、uh, my best friend and her husband came. So、um, they're just supporting someone in in the audition. So I think they are trying their best to be, you know, positive. So when I was there, they're not that tired. One thing that happens to me a lot from doing comedy in English is sometimes I write the jokes and on on the screen they look great, but when I say them out loud, I cannot pronounce the the words. Don't flow. So I have、yeah. to. I force the script to fit into what I can pronounce. Not. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I so, have hard time to pronounce the R. Yes.、Word. So avoid all the R words. Okay. <laughs> Radio is fine. I think every R with the, like the vowels like A or O. Um, A is fine, but O is so difficult. Like Rory is so hard. Okay. It is so hard. Yeah,、Whoa. radio is fine. Rory, no, no, in my dictionary.、Um, for me, is all the the a word that ends in th, but it's a plural, so the pronunciation is th and then an s.、Mm-hmm. For example,、um, one breath, two、mm-hmm. breaths. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to do th s.、Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I have a hard time to do that. Like, thank you before I actually get proper English, like verbal English education. Yeah. Uh, in Chinese, we don't have the, you know, you stick out your tongue and say, we say thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you. Like sink. Like uh, yeah. thank you so much. You sound like as if you Spanish was your first language. Is that we don't have the th sound in Spanish, so we also say thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. Um, with all the the positive attention you received from from your viral and very funny clip from Australia's Got Thailand, do you had a, a any impact from social media users in China? Yeah, I think most of them it's uh, positive from all over the world. Great. Um, but some of the comments from China are pretty negative. Uh, first of all, I did not think this gonna go that far to China. Wow. <laughs> and second, I think because the translation is really bad, like the jokes translate back to China, and so people are like, "Oh, why did why did she say this and that?" So it's a lot of negative comments, even from women. Yeah. And um, yeah, but I think, you know, I don't really, I don't really care, <laughs> because like my goal is to enter the English market to yeah. bring my perspective. So it's not targeting the market in China. So it's totally fine. Yeah. So what's your audience like? Uh, I'm surprised actually because before the HGT stuff. I don't know. I didn't know who's gonna come to watch my show, and when the AGT went viral, and I realized, oh, Asians love my jokes as well. That was surprised to me because I was trying to break into the English speaking, like the white people's market. I was surprised. A lot of Asians like my jokes too. I guess like、uh, I would see a lot of Asian Australians in my show. A lot of like Chinese and also other Asians countries from yep. Asia. Yeah. A lot of white people and a lot of LGBT group people. So it's pretty mixed from younger to older, and I was really surprised to see how mixed my audience are, and、uh, that's also like very new to me as well. Well, you know, the, here in Bad English, this podcast, we have an English expert, and feel free to ask as many questions to this、uh, English expert to help us.、Uh, I've learned so much from her. Her name is Eileen Bagan, and she is an amazing English teacher. I've been learning so much from her. She's been teaching English in Australia and Japan for nearly thirty years. Eileen,、wow. welcome to Bad English、Hi. once again. Good to be here. So、um, you're here in,、uh, mm-hmm. in the studio with us, and you have been hearing to her story. It's so fascinating because I wouldn't wouldn't think of doing comedy because it's such a scary thing for me. So I wouldn't think of doing it in, in another language. So I think that's just amazing for you and her both. I can't believe that you do that. <laughs> But you do a very similar thing. You're you're a public speaker. You teach other people. You speak to other people. But in... I'm, I'm not funny. <laughs> that was、yeah. funny. Especially. <laughs> so,、um, do you have any lessons for us today? Well, I just thought today that I would talk about stress. Not the bad kind.、Yeah. So sentence stress and word stress.、Mm. I guess when you talk about sentence stress, 
in English, it's very subtle, but when you make a sentence, usually you stress content words. So content words are the important words in a sentence that give your sentence the meaning. So those are the words you want to make stand out while the non-content words, words that you need for grammar, you don't have to stress. So I'll give you an example. If I say this sentence, if it is sunny tomorrow, I'll go to the beach. So there's no stress in that sentence. It's robotic. Yeah, it's very robotic. But if I was to say it naturally in English, I would say, if it's sunny tomorrow, I'll go to the beach. And very subtly, I've stressed the words sunny, tomorrow, go, and beach. By stressing those words, even if you don't hear the other words, you know what I'm saying. Oh, my God. <laughs> so if I say, sunny tomorrow, go beach. Ah. You bring so much memory to me, my God. I feel like I'm learning English all over again. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> yes, Good memories, I hope. <laughs> it's always in the listening comprehension for my English exams. Like, yeah. choose who is going to go to the beach um, <laughs> by how stressed they are. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I have to listen to it and make my multiple choice. Yes. <laughs> so and, and, it, it made you feel very stressed now. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just like a nostalgia. Like, oh, my God, it feels like high school all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got something more stressful to talk about, and that's word stress. So word stress um, is a little bit louder. The sentence stress, you stress the words quite subtly. But with word stress, the stress on each syllable of the word can change the meaning of the word and is used also uh, to distinguish accents and things like that. So let's do the accents first. For example, in American English, the word aluminum stresses loo, aluminum. Aluminum. Whereas in Australia, we say... Aluminium. Yes, aluminium. So the stress is on the aluminium. A. Oh. Yeah. Oh, aluminium. Yeah. Well, this is so, so important. Like for comedy, a whole joke yeah. can change. Where based on your stress ba- of words. Based on the stress of, on yeah. the words in the Another sentence. Another example yeah. would be in America, they say garage. And in Australia, mm-hmm. we say... Garage. Yeah, perfect. What about address? In Australia, we say... Address. 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 Isn't it address like when you address something to someone? Well, I guess the thing about American and Australian English as well, I think we get so much media, movies, TV from America... Our accents mm-hmm. are quite merged sometimes with certain words, I yeah. think, you know. But a point where word stress is really important is when you have two words that are very similar, but depending on which syllable you stress changes the meaning of the word. Yes. With a word like, for example, decrease as opposed to decrease. Decrease. Yeah. Isn't it the same word? It's the same high word. High school over <laughs> yes. again. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm like, I'm confused for me. It's the same. Uh, when you learn English, you you didn't get go through this kind of memorization of all the stress for different words. It is such a big task for us uh, in high school. Because like the, the apostrophe is different. Yeah. And then you have to remember, is this address or address? Yeah. Is this decrease or decrease? It's yeah, like verb so or none. That's it's right. Like, it's so much work. And every so... Day. To decrease is the verb. Yes. But a decrease is the noun. noun. So, for example, if I make this sentence. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 
<laughs> if I say this sentence, at 5 p.m., there is a decrease in customers, so they decrease the price of sushi to okay, sell it all. Okay, I get it. Where it becomes really important is, for example, I had a student who came up to me and said, oh, I want to become a barrister because I love coffee. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> barrister. Okay, well, hang on, your English level has... And I, I didn't quite get the connection. And then into the conversation, I realized that she wanted to be a barista. Oh my God, the, you just reminded me of, of all this stuff, how... The pronunciation of a word. Yeah, oh my God, because in Spanish we've got the emphasis. It's just a little, it looks like an apostrophe from on top of the vowel where the, the emphasis of the word should be. So yes. it's always the same. So it's not, there's no confusion. And we also have three types of words that, depending on, on the numbers of syllables in the Spanish language. Right. You know where the emphasis is depending on the number of syllables. So there's a difference in accent but not in the stress of the word in any Spanish-speaking country. Ah, because oh, in English, depending on how you lengthen the word, so I guess, I don't know if this is similar, but like, for example, uh, the word photo. So, fo is the accent, yeah. photo. And so you have photograph. However, you have photography. Yeah. So, to, it changes the accent to yeah. to. Yeah. And then you've got photographic and gra is the accent for that. That must be so annoying to learn. <laughs> Photographic. <laughs> let's, take, let's take a, a photo, a photo with <laughs> photography and photographic. Well, yeah. this is pretty interesting. I like this. There's one more stress point. So we can do a little game. Yes, if you want to do I love that games. <laughs> so in a sentence, sometimes you can stress a particular word to change the meaning of the entire sentence. Mm -hmm. So... In this case, when you stress that particular word, you say the word louder and longer. Okay. Okay. So, for example, I'll give you the sentence. I sent him a letter. I sent him a letter. Okay. So, now I'm going to stress one word and you tell me what you think the meaning is. Okay. Okay. I sent him a letter. It's a bit of attitude there. Like, <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. that's what I feel. I feel a bit of, I sent him a letter. <laughs> yeah, when you're emphasizing, got to do it with attitude. <laughs> that's a bit of an attitude. So you are um, emphasizing that you did it. Is that it? I don't know. If, sometimes the question is so simple that I think it's super complex. Yeah, no, no, it's simple. It's simple. <laughs> okay. So exactly what you were saying. So you're emphasizing you sent him the letter. You didn't read him the letter, for example. Oh. Do you know, like, so I could change up the meaning again and I can say, I sent him a letter. It's who sent it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's useful as well. And then the other one, then, I sent him a letter. Exactly. Okay. Or if you've stressed the last one, I sent him a letter as opposed to perhaps an email or something else. Yeah. That's very, again, that, that's back to our, our basics of comedy as well. Like that little change, that's going to make a whole punchline. It could change whether it's a good joke or a bad joke. Like yeah. if people get it or not, just by doing the emphasis on and the word. Another another thing that we use to emphasize a particular word is the use of only. Mm -hmm. So in written, I guess you could then use, instead of emphasizing that one word, you could use only before the word you want to emphasize. Okay. So for example, she went to the dance. Mm -hmm. And if you want to say she went, not him and not you know, he didn't go, I didn't go, mm -hmm. then you could use only before the she. Only she went to the dance. Yeah. 
And you could move the only to another word. She only went to the dance. Yeah. She only went to the dance, but she oh. didn't dance, you know? Okay, okay. But you have to go, she only went. So you she still emphasize She went only that. dance. <laughs> only fans. Yeah. <laughs> There's the funny bone. Yeah. That's inspiration. For that's, the that's really good. Photo, photo, photography, photo, decrease, barista, dessert, dessert, and dessert. Mm, dessert. Dessert and dessert. Desert, this dessert looks like a desert. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all for today. Thank you so much, He Huang. He, would you like to plug anything uh, where people can find you if this is the first time that they're introduced to your comedy? Oh, yes. Just follow me on social media. You can find me on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Also, Twitter, He Huang Comedy. And that's it. So He Huang will be H-E-H-U-A-N-G comedy. Yeah. Thank you so much, her, And thank you so much, Eileen Bagan. It was great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thanks to Eileen Bagan, our English expert, for making me hungry and thirsty all at the same time with dessert and desert. And of course, He Huang. What a talent. Thanks for listening to another fabulous episode of Bad English. Don't forget to tell your friends, subscribe. Bad English is a production of Ear Candy Media for SBS Audio. Our producer is Bez Zode. Sound design and edit Tiffany Dimmock. Executive producer Ian Walker. The podcast's manager at SBS Audio is Caroline Gates. Thanks to Joel Supple and the SBS Audio team. I'm Ivan Aristeguieta. Adios. Till next time.